If you have too many thoughts whirling through your head and need to settle down, get to know your magnificent mind. We let our brains run the show, but the real juice is in finding your true nature far beyond your intellect. Welcome to A Magnificent Mind with Jan Christensen and Marnix Powells. Join us today on a journey to discover your magnificent and endlessly powerful mind and settle down to your real potential. Now, here are your hosts, Jan and Marnix. Hi, this is A Magnificent Mind, a radio show about slowing down to the speed of life, connecting to your true nature, and deeply enjoying the result. My name is Jan, and my co-host, Marnix, and today we have, uh, we're creating episode number nine, and uh, we have a guest with us, Robin Pollock. For over 35 years, Robin has been using her intuition with children and parents as a speech-language pathologist. Now, as a health coach, she continues to use that wisdom when she works with people on an intuitive level. Robin's mission is to help empower people to live their most authentic and purpose lives. Welcome, Robin. It's great to have you here, and uh, I know we're going to have an interesting show it's lovely to be here. Nice to meet you both. And we just had a lovely chat before we turned on record. So it's, it, everybody's just kind of settling down from that. And we'll try and kind of find our space again and talk a little bit. Um, Robin just has a, a terrific connection, as do we all, I think, a terrific connection with the energy, the universe, wisdom, the things, these things that Marnix and I love to talk about, Robin loves to talk about as well. So that's where um, we are meeting and taking off from in this conversation. So Robin, tell us a little bit about um, your past and what you've been doing lately. Um, well, my past is I used to, um, well, I still am a speech pathologist and I work a lot with children and, um, anybody that's been with children knows that you really have to be intuitive to really be able to be one step ahead of them because they're always one step at three steps ahead of you. So you always are trying to play catch up to them, no matter what the story is, because they're so quick witted and, um, you really have to be tuned in. And the thing is, is, I always thought that everybody did this and that people who practice in speech, you know, I knew people who worked as long as I did. And I thought that they all functioned the same way as me until I was at a conference one time and somebody was talking to me about diagnostics and I was really basically like blinking asleep because she was describing what she was doing. And I'm thinking to myself, I do this really right when they walk in the door. They simply just like walk into the door and I see the relationship they have with their mother and how they use their hands and how they communicate and how they use their eye gaze and what they're saying and how they turn take. And I already know what I'm going to be doing and what I'm not going to be doing. And I thought, like, why are they making it so complicated? And it didn't really actually dawn on me that, well, it's my intuition that I'm using. And the way that came about was um, I always knew I was intuitive, but I never really knew what to do with it. I never even knew that I could do anything with it. I thought it was just something I had, you know, like I have red hair, you know, it's like, it's just one of those things. And um, then to my happy surprise, I met a mentor who um, I had worked with for quite some time and encouraged me to join her Ascension group. And 
so for the longest time, I kept them backing off on this and going, I don't belong in this ascension group. Like, what are you talking about? That's not me. I'm not a medium. I'm not intuitive. I'm not psychic. And um, I very quickly learned that um, I was wrong, (laughs) that I was, and that basically um, the belief that I had in myself was the problem and that I had to release all the judgment that I held against myself and my inability to believe that that was something that I could actually hold and be and that actually the holding and being of it was already within me. It was really more releasing what I thought I couldn't do And as soon as I released what I couldn't do, what I could do just started to upload. And it started to upload over and over and over again. And the first time um, I got a little, I I just got all this information. I started getting spiritual guides and automatic writing and channeling. And I was speaking to inter, you know, like galactic beings. And I thought that that was just so amazing. And then she up-leveled me even more by saying, here, here's a tarot deck. I'm going to hold the book and you learn about tarot now. And I'm like, well, how do I do that? And she's like, you'll do it. And so after six months of sitting with the cards one day, she calls me up and she says, pick a card and read me a card. I'm like, I don't know how to do this. She's like, just, just do it. And I just picked the card. I read a card and I, she said, yeah, that's exactly what you have to do. And from that moment on, I understood about intuitive tarot. And that's basically how it's been for me. I started to do all these like coaching sessions on Zoom and I'm a Reiki master and I, all of a sudden I thought to myself, well, if energy is everywhere, then energy is in flow. So why couldn't I use Reiki to do energy healing on Zoom? Why not? Why not mm-hmm. try it? And so I did. And the work that I did with that person just changed the whole dynamic. I took her from a place of feeling completely stuck in her solar plexus and allowed it to go into the universe and transmuted its color, shape, its vibrancy. And from that moment on, I knew, well, I can do Reiki online. And it sort of went like that. Then I thought, well, if I can channel for me, maybe I could channel for other people. Let me try it. And I did. And all of a sudden, the next thing I knew, I was channeling. Then I was like, well, if I can do this, maybe I can connect people to their guides. And then I thought, oh, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Maybe what I need to be doing is teaching them how to connect to their guides. So I started to do that. And people started connecting to their own guides. And people started connecting to their own intuition. And that's when it hit me that that's what I was meant to do that everybody has this soul's path and I became like a soul plan reader, Mm -hmm. um, which is another thing that I really just like love to do because I'm always so curious what everybody's born, what's their destiny, what are they born to do? And in free will has so much to do with like what you actually want to do. We all have these potentials and I'm sure we know people that we know as friends and family and we go, they have so much potential, they're not even using it. But it's all about free will. Like, what are you actually willing to do? What are you actually willing to choose to have in your life? What are you actually willing to have come into your life as a mirror so that you can create more of it? And the more I started to understand that that inkling of free will, then I started to understand about soul plan and 
giving people the idea of what they have their potential to be and what their challenges and talents how they actually interact with one another and actually help. Then I started to understand that actually all the things that we hold that are triggers, all the things that we hold that are our greatest demises, like the things that we think are our nemesis, are actually put there by us, by our soul, to learn Mm -hmm. and actually acquire wisdom. And when I learned that, I mean, my human form every once in a while just says, well, I don't know about that. <laughs> but my higher self knows that when that thing, those things start to happen, mm-hmm. I have to always step back and go, okay, so what's this trying to teach me? Okay, so what am I actually supposed to be learning? Or like, why is this keep coming up? I'm actually writing a book. It's going to be out next spring. And one of the things I talk about is reruns. All of us have them. You know, when you think back in your life about situations that have happened, not oh, once, yeah. not twice, but oh, yeah. many times, right? Yeah. And you're like, why is this happening so many times? Well, it's because we haven't really actually learned the lesson for it yet. Mm-hmm. And so it repeats. And sometimes we think, well, I've been down this road. I've learned the lesson. And that might be true, but there's some part of you that's actually holding the loose threads to that lesson that need to be released back into the universe mm-hmm. that you can now up level and go to the next space. And so, the truth so, is, is yeah. right. Am I right? Yeah. So yeah. You're, you're, there are so many interesting things you, you say <laughs> and, and, and like I could pick 50 entrances in, in, oh. to a new, in the next phase <laughs> of the conversation. Um, <laughs> but would you say that we all enter the realm of the, of the form as human beings to learn and to, um, find some kind of plan that we made up for ourselves. Absolutely. I really believe that um, as far as, from what I understand of what I know, there's something called a God's head. And um, we, our souls, are collected into several different kinds of families And I'll give you an example so that we're all like back on the earth a little bit and you understand what I'm talking about. Have you ever gone shopping or been at the park and you meet somebody that you've never met before and you start a conversation and you could swear you knew this person and the conversation is so good and so um, in depth, like in Mm -hmm. deep. Like really like such a true, authentic conversation. You almost don't want this person to leave. Like you don't want to get off the shopping line. You don't want to get off the line because you know you're not going to see this person again. And at the same time, you feel like you've known them forever. Mm -hmm. Those people are in your soul family. And the, the fact that you met them is your soul's connection to the other soul is a re the reason why you met them is to remind you that you're not alone that you are supported by a soul family and that even though you may not know who they all are on this universe, they're there. There's a reason why they come into your contact so that you sort of remind yourself, Oh yeah, that's right. I belong to that family on a very, very deep level. Mm -hmm. But personally on a human level, you sort of are amazed. Like how did that even happen? But on a soul level, you know, like, oh, yeah, I know that soul. Because when we decide to come back as humans from a soul to a human, we're a soul. 
So we don't understand pain. We don't understand circumstances. We don't understand, you know, scarcity or abundance. We're a soul. And so when we choose to come back and the choices are, oh, you know, maybe you want to be an artist because in your last life you were, you know, uh, an army soldier and you never really took in the pleasures of creativity didn't use that part of your brain and so you say okay and then maybe the, another choice is and maybe you'll be you know very poor because in this last life you were very abundant with money and that was all you were and you didn't really appreciate things and you go okay and so when you come back and you experience the hardships of being in poverty the hard hardships of perhaps being that creative person of always trying to be amused to yourself and finding that creative edge, you wonder, you know, why is everything so hard? Well, it's because we are creating our experience so that we can learn and grow and our soul can learn and grow. And from that growth, we get further and further connected to our higher self. The more we let go of what we think we should be doing and allow what we can do, what our intuitive strength leads us to and not use comparison to other people to judge our own worth, the more we get to be who we're meant to be. So, yeah, yeah. It's, and that's such a cool theme, this. I've, I've, over the last few months, I, this has become so clear to me that how cool it is to find your own, your own passion, your own, to stay close to your heart, to do, the thing, like I love to create, I love, and 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 this is why I write, and this is why I write, make music, and this is why I coach as well. And I see that the more I stay c- close to my deepest values, the lucky, the happier I feel, um, the power, more powerful I I am, and it and it never ends. It fe- feels good, and it feels good, and it feels good. But I had to live forty five years. <laughs> in agony and darkness and misery in order to find that and to appreciate it. But I think well, it's... Well, def- I beat you. I'm, at, I'm 60. So, yeah. you know what? It's okay. okay. <laughs> you won. <laughs> but, you know, the whole idea that there is this thing that... And, and, you know, maybe for some people it's just tending a garden for the rest of their life. And for other people it might be leading a political party through... And, 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 and leading a country through changes. So it can be really small and it can really big, but there are these values, these talents, these, these things that are close to you, that are very, uh, very personal to you, this, this, this specific mix of things that are very you, that when you find them and when you cultivate them, you become so happy. <laughs> you, you start to, it's like you, all of a sudden the universe can shine better through you. Absolutely. And I, I actually think that um, what you just said is such an important point. Like people say to me all the time, I'm, um, did you come from like Montana? Like, where are you from? You're always so happy. And I, I chuckle to myself because they can't imagine that I've lived in New York my entire life, but it has nothing to do with where you live. Like my, where my house is, it has to do with where I live within my heart. And the truth is that um, the biggest lesson that my big thing that I always have to be focusing on overcoming is judgment. And so my big thing of releasing that judgment 
and allowing compassion into myself and love for myself allows me to shine bright. And I mentioned um, before about my dad, who's 95, and things don't happen by accident. So when I was really little, he used to sing me, um, you're my sunshine. And he told me just recently that the reason why he sang that song to me was because when I was with him, he could see the sun shine out of my head when I was little. And I actually think that's probably true. Because when I was little, and I remember this, I used to sit in my room and I used to play with all the spirits, like I was conducting them in like this like circle. And I just sort of just sat with them all, you know, and it's this notion of knowing that. But then um, I didn't realize, I realized I was the only one doing this. Like, who do you tell that to? Like, I didn't know who to share that with. Mm -hmm. And so I sort of just pushed it all away. But the more we come in contact with the thing that drives to our heart, the more we actually get to be in joy of who we are. Yeah. And it is all inside, isn't it? You know, it's such a cliche, but it's such a, it's such a truth. Yeah, because I think that... Um, I'll give you a, an example for your listeners. For example, if you think to yourself, I'm going to just say something and you're going to get an answer just like that quick. You ready? What's your favorite ice cream flavor? Cocoa. 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 Chocolate. Chocolate. Okay, but chocolate. <laughs> See? And mine is um, vanilla fudge. I don't know. It's just my thing. So we just know that. Nobody told it to us. We just know it, and when you tasted it, you knew that that was what it was. You don't have to ask 10 people if that's correct, if it's not correct. You just know. And as much as I tell you that what's your favorite, if I asked you what you don't like, you also would know. Mm -hmm. And that's intuition. It's that simple. When you meet a person at a party, and you can have a conversation the entire night with that person because you get along, that's chemistry. It's also intuition. When, but when you meet a person and it doesn't really go so well, that's intuition too. Mm -hmm. The trick is to listen to it. So for all those people out there that aren't listening to their intuition and involved in romantic relationships or business relationships that they know aren't the right ones in their body, I Stop say, it. Stop it. I Stop say, it. Leave now. <laughs> Get out of it. Because it's not going to end well. Yeah. And you know it. Don't fool yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah. And it's just and something like as simple as, and you can do something as simple as how many of us have bought like a shirt and we knew in the store that this shirt was not going to be something we ever wore, right? Yeah. And then like five years later, the label's still on the shirt yeah, in your yeah, closet yeah. and you're like, I knew I was not going to wear it's this. It's probably just you a little know? too tight too. Like it's just right. too tight. I might right. be able to wear it in half a year, you know? Right, When I right. lose weight. Right, right. Or like when you go to that special play or whatever, yeah. and then you never wear it because it doesn't ever feel like who you are in that shirt. Yeah. So when you trust your intuition, most of the time, I would say 99.9% .9 of the time, it's always accurate. It's when you don't that you always come up with a problem. And the other thing that I have to say is when you are in an urgent situation, urgent you always rely on, you just do the next thing. You don't even think. You don't yeah. even think and you know what to do mm. and it's always the right thing. Always yeah. the right thing. And all fear falls away. 
you just are there. Present it's automatic, right? Doing. Yeah. Yeah. And for people who um, are with somebody who's ever been injured and you're there with them when they are injured, you just know what the right thing to do is, what the next thing to do is. You just do it. Because as long as you're not, as long as you're not freaking out, if you're, if you're in your, <laughs> if you're in a state of panic, then you're not going to know what to do. You but have you know to get quiet. Sit down. What was interesting about that, what you just said about the freaking out is if you're alone with somebody else who's in need, you could freak out for a moment and then you, you sort of yell at yourself. You're like, okay, I can't do this right now. Like I actually have to be present. You put the fear away, you push it away, mm -hmm. yeah. and you act. Yeah. So, 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 you know, sometimes I, when I coach people, they, they, they ask me this question. They say, how do I know it's the voice of intuition instead of the voice of the, and I have my own answer, but I'm just, just really curious about your answer. Instead of the voice of ratio, the voice of the intellect, the voice of the ego, how do, you do, how do you make the distinction? It has to connect to your heart. You know, when I'm coaching coaches, I, I coach a lot of coaches because I'm a coach and they know I'm a coach and so I'm connected to these people. And so um, my answer always is, what is your heart saying? What is, what is your heart actually telling you? You know, if you're doing something in your business that doesn't feel, it feels incongruent to who you are, are you doing something in your life that doesn't feel authentic? Mm -hmm. Your heart knows it. You feel like you're walking through sludge. Mm -hmm. When you're doing something that feels like it, it aligns with who you actually are, that's the voice of intuition, always. And I believe that... Um, you know how they always say, um, in, the, in the United States, they use this term, you know, press the easy button. I don't know if you ever heard of that before. Nope. Mm -hmm. um, the thing that they say in the United States, press the easy button. Well, look, what I have to say is what your gut, your first gut instinct typically is, mm -hmm. is your intuition. And then the rest of it is, um, I call it your ego brain. Yeah. So when mm -hmm. I talk to my clients, I always tell them to tell their ego to go like sit on the couch and have a cup of hot cocoa and a cookie and let me handle this mm -hmm. i got it. Mm -hmm. you know but sometimes it's really really hard especially when you've been brought up in a family or you've had repeated situations where you feel that you can't trust yourself then the first thing you actually have to do is start at the beginning and that's learning how to you know, so in my coaching practice, I always tell people, like, the first thing you have to do is let go of the judgment to yourself. The next thing you have to do is allow the information to come to you. Then you have to build up the trust within yourself, mm -hmm. and then you get connection to yourself, to the universe, to other people, to the world. And you can't skip those steps and just go straight to the connection part. You have to do all of them. And then they're cyclical. It's not like all of a sudden I did all of those steps and now I'm done. Mm -hmm. They're forever. They yeah, go yeah, forever. Yeah. So, so yeah, in a way, it's, it's, it's a skill, right? It's, a, it's something you cultivate, you, you, you learn from, you listen to. And I, I would say that there's a very distinct energetic difference between the voice of the ego that is always 
revved up, more like threatening, more like um, uh, yeah. And and mm-hmm. while while the the voice of the heart feels more gentle and more passionate, it it mm-hmm. doesn't. It's hardly negative. It's no judgment judgment coming from there, right? It's more more simple. Um, while the ego needs this urgency in order to get our attention. So for many people, the ego wins most of the time. We, we're so identified with the voice that speaks about the things that probably will go wrong in the future and, and, and how, how, how much you suck and how much you never will be, you know, an interesting person somewhere. Well, I have a question for you. Do you believe that there's certain people who believe that if they think that it's going to suck, then maybe then it'll be better. People who, if they think some it's do. going to be suck, then it will be better. Wow. Like some people are that, it, it, that's backwards, but some people come at it from that angle. Yep. And I don't know if that's intellect, but it's certainly not wisdom. It, is that because they hope that it will be not be as bad as they thought it would be? Yep. Okay. Yep. So those are the cup half empty people. Right? Oh yeah, well I know what you mean. I did that all my all of my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel. Yeah, I feel like, yeah. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna bomb that test, but secretly in their their whole their whole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They really do well, but if they say they're gonna bomb on it, then the, then the universe will show up for them and they'll do better. But if they actually believe they're gonna do really really well, well then they're gonna get disappointed. Screw them. Backwards kind of like spiral that they create for themselves, and the problem with that thinking is, is that they, sh- when they have that, they carry that information with them. Well, who are they with? We're there with all those people. They're with all those people who think, "Oh, I'm going to suck, and it's going to be so hard, yeah. and it's going to be awful, and it's we have to really study hard, and it's going to be really brutal, and it's yeah. going to be awful." Those are those that group of people that they hang with. They're mm-hmm. not with the people with, well, we're doing the best we can and it'll be fine and we don't have to worry, yeah. all of that. So what's really funny is, is that when you already come to this space of understanding that actually I get to control what I want, that I actually get to be the mirror of what comes back to me. So let, let's, let's talk I a learned more. that lesson, it blew my mind. Yeah, hold that, hold that. Because mm-hmm. we're going to talk about it in the next part of uh, this episode we're gonna go to the break now and we hope you'll be back after that thanks become our friend on facebook post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline visit facebook.com forward slash voice america You need to live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Our listeners have told us that they want to be motivated, hear about success stories, and positive encouragement around the clock. And we've responded to you. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's here at voiceamericaempowerment.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. 
Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com This is a magnificent mind. To reach Jan Christensen, Marnix Powells, or their guest today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. 346-9141 or send an email to in search of a peaceful mind at gmail.com. Now, back to a magnificent mind. Hello, welcome back to A Magnificent Mind with Robin Pollack today. We're having a great conversation about intuition and uh, just about being human, but so much more being spiritual, and being human. So let's carry on, guys, with our conversation. Um, I think we, before the break, we were talking about uh, how we, we play games with ourselves. We play these little games where we maybe tell ourselves inside, oh, um, I'm going to do really, really shitty at this test that I'm going in to write. And in your mind, you're thinking, hopefully, that you're going to do great. It's, it's all little games that we play, and we don't need to play those little games. We can step into something that is much wiser and much, a much easier way to live. Um, what would you say to that, Robin? I say, yeah, <laughs> but I didn't always think this way I, um, because so much of my life was spent trying to fit in with what everybody else was doing. And nobody was doing that. Nobody was thinking positive. They were all in this like mix of turmoil, constant turmoil. And on top of that, um, I'm married to a man who actually functions this way. And that's not an accident either. Because he's such a mirror to me of what I don't actually want to be. But at the beginning, when I started learning this, this new way of thinking, to me, it was like abhorrent to actually listen to him be so negative. And then there was this switch that happened. And I realized that for every time he's that way, I get to remind myself that I don't have to be. So it's not like you have to switch your all the people in your life, but they're all there and functioning there almost like a chess set. They all have a a role. And so when you're with somebody who's negative, when you're with somebody who's always in scarcity, who's always thinking like that the torn couch is good enough or that the broken shoes are fine, it's good enough for me. I don't have to worry about it. It's good. And you're from this space of create the space that you want to be in, this beautiful life that you want to dwell in, look at the beautiful flowers, 
as you're walking to the car and he's already in the car with the car started and you're still looking at the flowers. When you're married to somebody like that and when you're in your family and you're with somebody like that and have friends like that, to stand out always and look and take it all in takes a lot of self-confidence and a lot of self-assurance that actually you don't have to fit in, that it's fine if you don't fit in, that actually sticking out and being different is okay. And that being part of that comparison game, oh my God, this person's doing it and that person's doing it this way, so that must be the way to do it. That actually doing it another way that feels more in alignment with who you are is perfect. And that you don't need to have a whole crew behind you to actually believe that what you're doing is right. That when, But I do believe that you need to have these kinds of conversations with people like you guys and being a part of a group of people who believe this mm -hmm. so that you know you're not the only one thinking this. Because honestly, it's a little off-putting because most of the people that are in my world are not like this. Like I think I was telling you before, they all think I come from Montana and smell flowers all day long, <laughs> that they don't understand that like I wake up and choose, choose, you have to choose to be positive, choose to see what's in front of you, choose mm -hmm. to see the clouds, choose to see the flowers in the middle of the crack on the sidewalk. You have to choose to see everything and know that it's all there to provide you information about the choices that you make in your life, that nothing's an accident, that it's all on purpose. Mm -hmm. Even this meeting that we're having is on purpose and that it was meant to happen and that we were meant to speak to each other. And if you start to think that all of those things are happening, you start to understand that your guides and the universe are functioning to create the world that you actually want to be in if you choose it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so so this makes sense. And, and I, I, you know, the thing is that I, I thought it was quite funny when you talked about your past, your, your, you know, previous life, not previous life, but years ago when you were with all these people that are very negative, you know, how obvious that you, now afterwards that you look at it, it's like, now that was a huge lesson, but that it took you so long that it takes, it takes us so much time. You know, I was an alcoholic for 30 years. Now, you know, that's a good example of being very stubborn, right? Of, you know, keep on repeating the same stupid habit. Well, it's those reruns, right? Hmm? It's a rerun. Remember? Uh, totally. Before, it's a rerun. Yeah, totally. And, and so the lesson that you got about why you were drinking or what was causing that pain to happen that made you go in that direction was something that you had to repeat until you said, oh, I see what the lesson is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or it was un until it became so painful that I could no longer bear it anymore. And uh, Well, I have this opinion about these things. I think that there are certain people, my son is one of them. <laughs> I love him to pieces, but he's one of them. There are certain people who take risks until they almost have their whole body in mud and only like one nostril is, is left to breathe. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, okay, uh, yeah. it's enough. Yeah. And then they get out. Yeah. And then mm -hmm. there's some people who they put their toe in the mud and it's yeah. just a tiny little, and they're like, I'm done. Yeah. So <laughs> it really depends on who you are mm -hmm. and how much you push back. But you see, I think that's resiliency. 
I don't think that's a flaw. I actually believe that you have resiliency and you were testing your resiliency. Well, will it work if I do this? Will it work if I do that? Will it work if I do this? Can I kill it if I do that? Mm-hmm. And you kept on doing it over and over and over and over. And then you're like, oh, I'm still here. Yeah. So I guess it won't work. Yeah. So sometimes the thing that seems like the biggest flaw in your life, the thing that's the biggest thing that you wish you could get rid of is actually the thing that teaches you a lesson. Oh, yeah. For yeah, me, totally. I do not like the fact that I carry weight. I am overweight. And my whole life, I thought I was overweight. Even if you look back at pictures of me when I was thinner, I probably thought then that I was overweight. Mm-hmm. And now I think that I'm overweight. So for me, the thing that I'm focusing on right now is intuitively getting in touch with what does my body actually need? What do I actually need to actually be here? And get rid of this whole idea of like what everybody else is saying. What is the definition of in the box of like what's healthy? And so, but the whole world is screaming all this other information. If you put down eating in Google, you yeah. can't even imagine how many diets come up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or how many mm-hmm. plans come and they're up. They're all contradictory as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so it to silence all of that information. And to strictly look inside of yourself is really hard because who am I relying on now? Well, Me. Th- well you, we, we already do it. What I always tell people is if you, if you feel the need to take crap, you do it. You don't, make yes. sch- you don't make schedules for your poop. It's not like, yeah, it's two o'clock. You know, I've, right. I'm, I'm doing this, this, this crap regime where I just, I, I saw it on a cosmopolitan and I do, I only crap two times a day. No, if you're tired, you go to sleep. If you're cold, you, you, you wear something. So the, right. And, right. And the body will also, will always tell you what it needs. Now, when if it comes to food, oh yeah, when we, go, we override the, mm-hmm. the <laughs> The system. Right, but the same thing was the same thing with everything else, right? Like you have to be willing to see and you also have to be willing to hear and feel. If you push that all away, then you're human again and you're not t- tapping into all of that information. And you're allowing the rest of the world to decide what you need and what you should be and what you should do. And that's when the mistakes start to happen. So how, how can we, I think this, how can we help people? Let's talk about this for the rest of if you if you agree sure, for the rest sure. of the show. Let's talk about what's helpful. How can we help people to find it? For, I think you and and Jan and I were lucky enough to find find this truth in inside ourselves, and and now to have the rest of our lives to play with it and to have fun with right, it, right? And to let it guide us. But that's everybody has this place. But how can people find it for themselves? Well, I think the One of the best things that I can say is that you have to surround yourself with people, even if it's just a small group of people that feel as you, as you would like to feel and allow yourself to believe what your heart's telling you is true and surround yourself with those feelings. And and the reason why I say that is because the acknowledgement that you are intuitive is like almost like coming out if you were gay. 
And I know that sounds like very politically dramatic, but the truth is that for such a long time, I denied myself. I'm 60 years old. I denied myself that that's what I was. I was embarrassed about it. I didn't want to share it. I didn't even know who to speak to about it. And I didn't know what to do with it. So if you're in a situation where you are feeling that this is what your inclination is, I say reach out to somebody else who's already doing it Mm -hmm. and befriend them. Because Mm -hmm. the people who truly feel this way would like nothing better than to befriend you back and give you this self-assurance that you're in the right place. It, It is already within you. It is not something that you have to buy, it is not, but it's a muscle that you need to practice using. And, and how, do you, how do you know what's your truth? You think it, it's, because I think we all know, in a way we all know, we all know, but for some people they, are, they have been taught that uh, the mind is the most important thing in the world. The intellect is, uh, where you have to listen to it's the leader that has to be in front of everything. So for the, for people like that who, who become miserable after many years of following just what they've learned instead of right. listening to their heart, well, how, how can they how can they listen to their heart? Well, one of the things that I have to say, and actually I'm working with a client now on this who is a functional health coach. And um, she's taken lots of classes, years and years and years of classes, and um, would really like to work with people. And the thing that's stopping her is because she feels that she still doesn't know enough. Mm. And so those, that happens to many people, including myself. Like, I didn't want to actually come out and say that I was intuitive because I felt like I still didn't know enough. To believe that you know enough Mm-hmm. means that you trust what you already know is true. And to having the wisdom that what you're saying and what you're believing has value. And so how do you get value? How do you find the value within yourself? It has nothing to do with what you're doing. And so in the two sides of your brain, you have a left side and a right side. And the left side, divine masculine, is all about the doing. It's all about doing, 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 doing. And it doesn't make a difference if you're a woman or a man. It's all about the schedules. It's all about what you have to do. It's all about those, you know, those people pleasers that have to do for other people so that they feel that they're, they're doing something in their life. They feel good about themselves. It's all about those moms who have to do everything for their kids because they feel that they're a better mother. It's all about those men who have to meet the next client, call the next one, send the next email, all the doing. But, it's, but in order to be in flow, you have to have balance and it's about the receiving. It's the receiving of love. It's the receiving of connection. It's the receiving of an understanding. It's the receiving of you. And so when you can have that balance, you start to understand that the value of who you are has absolutely nothing to do with what you do, but it's what you are just sitting on the couch doing absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. Because when you understand that the essence of what you are and who you are has value simply by just breathing, you start to understand 
that anything else you add to that is gravy. And you really yeah. have to believe it. And so that's a really hard thing to do. So that's why many people find coaches who really can fortify this belief system within other people mm-hmm. and really allow them to wiggle around in that, you know, and um, there are a lot of different tools that people use. I use, um, I use, you know, tarot and channeling and I do all different kinds of soul plan reading. I do all these different things, but the truth is it's about having a heart connection with another human being Mm-hmm. who understands the plight that you're on, that you feel that you can let go and be supported into really seeing who you are. And I think it's the best investment that you can make into yourself is speaking to somebody else who has been down that road and been down that path. Yeah, yeah, it was interesting. So what you said about, you know, not not knowing enough of yet. That's, it's not a non-existing thing enough. Mm-hmm. It's like there's no nobody in the world who's an authority on enough. So no. it will never end. Right. And, like, and, 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 and what you say is you, as soon as you know something, you know something, you can use that. You can go from there and then you learn something else. And But there are n- no shortcuts in this whole process. You have to go through all of the steps and some of them are really painful, like me with 30 years of, of uh, alcoholism and 20 years of depression and, and repeating again and again and again and again, which ultimately, right now, I don't really care about it anymore. I don't think about it. It doesn't mean anything anymore. It's, it, it, was, it was helpful. But what it gave me is this extreme, deep appreciation for the lightness of life. Right, and what we have, we have all these things that help us. Intuition helps us. Like um, the 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 pain we feel when we keep doing certain thing helps us. Those are signs as well. Like me, drinking, 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 smoking, 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 using drugs, using drugs, being an angry asshole all the time, and it made me feel more and more like an asshole. These, so there is this, like we have this thing inside of us that we can start to use to guide us in the in the direction that that helps us lead a fulfilling life and i think that that is there for all of us i agree yeah, yeah. i agree and, and yeah. not only not only not only do i agree with you about that but it's not not everyone because it's free will so not everyone wants to do what i do or you do mm-hmm. or Sam does Sometimes it's just about the acknowledgement that you have value and that you are allowed to do less. And so it's funny, but I've said this before, which may sound like a little crazy, but I really feel like this situation with this disease that came up with COVID um, came up as a teacher to all of us to actually pause and look at the value of what we have in the stillness of our lives and appreciate it and see it that there's not that you don't always have to be running to feel as though you are alive that you can feel alive in the stillness of the quiet of your life 
And um, a lot of people tell me that they can't meditate. They really just can't do it. And I always say there's different forms of meditation and stillness. Some people require, um, get a lot of information when they're walking in, the na- in nature. I actually think you're one of those people that when you are around nature, the whispers of the wind, the, the leaves rustling, and like hearing water has its own language for you, that you understand that viscerally and that it speaks to you and that you don't need to close your eyes and do deep meditative breathing, that being in the atmosphere and the environment and walking and hearing those noises actually is soothing. And Jan, I really feel like for you, you like to actually be more quiet on your own and because I think that's a rarity for you. But I actually could see you taking a drive in a car and actually just looking at the horizon and breathing and just sort of taking in the space and the moment and just breathing in the moment by yourself. And everybody finds their own way to be contemplative. But the problem is, is I don't think enough people take the time to allow themselves that they don't Mm -hmm. like this whole idea of self care is like this like hashtag on everything now. But the truth is, is that the more you allow yourself to be contemplative in those spaces where your body wants to go is actually the place where you get the most information without even trying. For me, it's the water. Everybody has a place that they love to go to. And that information that you get when you're in that place Mm -hmm. is more healing than anything else you could do. Mm -hmm. And intuitively, you leave that space that you're in. And if everybody who's listening thinks of their favorite space right now, and you think about the smells of the place and the sounds of that place and being in that place, and how your heart rate slows when you're in that place. That connection is your intuition that's telling you you're in the right place Mm -hmm. to slow down and pause, that you actually don't have to be running all the time. I think not not many people have that in a train in Tokyo. I think, you know, I think most people – have this experience where they're on a mountaintop or at the sea or whatever. And then they, I, but I, my theory is that when we are in, in, in nature and we have such a grand experience of nature that we disappear as a story of, of, of the human being who we are. And then we dissolve way easier into the universe itself. So we are so enamored with the chatter in our mind that in these places of, of grand beauty, it it, it kind of helps us to 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 get our identification more wide open, and we fall silent. Most people become pretty silent in nature. It works maybe because we are nature itself, right? We forget yeah. that all the time that we are nature, like everything I else. Think it's also, because you get information that speaks to you in a nonverbal capacity. You know, before we started talking on here live, we were talking about animals and your ability to connect with animals, right? And um, I was saying how you can connect with animals just by being with them. And when you have a connection to an animal, 
it's a nonverbal communication that happens. And so when you're in nature, like I said before, it's the rustling of the trees, it's the, it's the wind, all of it. And it has its own sense and its own language that speaks to you. And it doesn't speak to everyone. Some people find that forest doesn't do it for them. They'd rather be at the water. Some people find they'd rather be like really running, silence the whole world out. And the pounding of the pavements do it. Some people like to listen to Tibetan bowls and hear that sound frequency. And a lot of it has to do with, with what your clairvoyant intuitive strength is. We all have different ones. Actually, I'm providing a gift. It's a little test that you can take to see where your strengths are. And learning what your strengths are is a gift that you can use to further strengthen your own intuition. That's, that's, this gift is on your website, right? No, I actually provided it to um, Jan. I gave her you a link. Um, I sent it to you this morning. Yeah. So I can send that to Marnix as well. Sure, of course. Okay. And I also provided a free gift of a one-on-one tarot poll. Oh, I like um, that. So that's a free gift also. Um, well, sign me up. <laughs> My pleasure. I'd love to. Okay. Yeah. And um, like I said, I have, um, I have a podcast on iTunes called Robin Pollock. And in there, I do a lot of meditations and just little short conversations about how to release certain things and learn how to trust yourself and learn how to begin again and to let go of some of the things that are stopping us. Because we all have that. I mean, the truth is, I'm still human. And like, even though I have this ability to do all these things when I'm on, especially here in this situation, because the two of you are so high and on, I have moments where, a lot of them, where I'm really just in my ego. And I have to always like look at that situation and say to myself, okay, so what do I need to learn from this? Mm -hmm. I'm always going back. I don't think that when you are in this position of being in personal development and intuitive strength and of growth that you get to a certain part and say, okay, now I'm done. I think mm-hmm. it's forever growing because there's always another lesson to learn. There's always more to evolve. And, 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 and I'm happy that there is. Just imagine, I'm 52 right now. Just imagine that I wake up one morning and I realize I've learned every lesson there is in the world. Right. Yeah. yeah. What do you do then? Yeah. <laughs> That's oh, so, no point to reach. So I'm just going to share. So like I mentioned before, I, my dad is 95 years old. And so I was with him yesterday and he's really trying to recover from this fall that he had. And he says to me like this, he goes, I just had enough of hard. I just want to be able to know that when I die, it's easy. So I said, so why don't we just say that? He goes, well, it's not really up to me. I said, well, what if it was? What if it was up to you? What if you could say, I had enough of being doing it hard, and I just want my end of my life to be easy? What if you could just say that and have it be that? And he goes, I, just, he goes, I wish that that was so. And I said, mm. and so it is. Yeah, that's a cool ending. We, have, we are mm-hmm. at the end of the show. And I think we can say this to everything in our life. Yes. It's, all, it's all made up. The ideas we have around life, it's all made up. And you can all rephrase it or just simply refuse to believe it in anymore, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And when you um, let it all go, it yeah. makes so much space inside to uh, feel your inner self and be freer. And be joy and be in joy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Thanks. It's really Thanks. such a pleasure to meet you. Thanks so much. I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop the recording. Maybe we can wrap it up afterwards. But thanks so much. I really like the, uh, the conversation. Uh, Me too. Really, yeah. really cool and interesting and so in line with stuff that is happening for me right now. So I'm a little bit self-indulgent, but okay, well, you probably forgive me. Thanks so much. And thanks for listening, uh, people. And uh, please come back uh, uh, next week and we'll probably have another nice and cool and interesting conversation. Thank you for listening to A Magnificent Mind. Be sure to tune in again next Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll see you then.